0: The place that I come from has only one city The traffic lights through the windshield were festive and pretty Christmas shopping at Zeller's and Sears when I was a kid Dreamed someday I'd live there, and for two years I did. My mom cried, and Lady Di died, died the day I left for college. Where I stayed up too late, writing papers and faking my knowledge of philosophy, history, lectures that I had slept through. I had only enrolled just to say I had something to do. I would walk through the wind and the snow of a winter park lane. See the spring garden flowers grow through the spring garden rain. The streets named for trees were a forest to me. With no one to hear if I fell In the city that hid me so well A 24-hour IGA grocery store two-bedroom apartment above that I couldn't afford Video, different suspense, drama, and horror Like the night I called cops to bust into a locked bathroom door Where a scorned former boyfriend unbottled his feelings inside Talking madness and swallowing sadness to make it
1: subside
0: I tried to be cool and be calm, but I was terrified When they took him away, I can't even say if I cried I collected my thoughts called collect from a public payphone
1: my regular
0: check-in and chat with my mother back home. I was too stubborn to tell her that I was in trouble. I pretended I only saw rainbows from inside my bubble. I would walk through the wind and the snow of a winter park lane. See the spring garden flowers grow through the spring garden rain the streets named for trees were a forest to me with no one to hear when I fell in the city that hid me so well in the city like a daisy making its way through a sidewalk crack the love of a friend called my heart and my heart called him back he would walk through the commons alone at 3:30 a.m. With a sandwich he'd stolen, bologna or PB and jam. A confessional booth that went in with burgers and fries. We shared our mistakes over milkshakes and untied our he had flunked out of school, a secret he'd carefully covered. There and then we decided that we'd rather study each other. We would walk through the wind and the snow of a winter park lane. See the spring garden flowers grow through the spring garden rain. Streets named for trees where he walked next to me with no one to hear, and we fell in love. In the city, he loved me so well in the city in the city. City. Ooh, 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 ooh. In the city.
2: Ooh. That's Windsor, Nova Scotia based funeral director turned songwriter Tara Spencer with Halifax's Bella String Quartet on The Absolutely Magical in the City from her wonderful sophomore release, Chasing Rabbits. A wintry-themed storytelling album that reflects on life, relationships, travel, going away to college, and above all, the joy of getting to come home again. That's probably something we can all identify with, especially during the strange times we're currently living through. To learn more about the new album, we're pleased to welcome Tara Spencer to Folk Roots Radio.
3: Thank you so much for having me here. What a beautiful introduction. My goodness, I wish I could sum up the album as succinctly as you just
2: did. Well, actually, in in all fairness, I think you do that pretty good yourself. Chasing Rabbits is a wonderful album. It's your second album yeah. after Other People's Lives that came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started off by, you know, mentioning that you are a funeral director And I think you still are in, you know, a part-time way. Is that about right? But now you're very much stepping into songwriting.
3: Sure. So over the past going on three years since I started performing my own songs and playing solo, the balance has shifted back and forth between music life and being a funeral director. But they have a lot of things in common in one sense because they're both somewhat unpredictable erratic schedules and you both with both you end up working on the weekends <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> so in this phase of life balance is tilted a bit more toward music which I don't mind a bit but certainly one informs the other.
2: I did actually wonder if there were transferable skills because I know you play I, the organ and obviously your main instruments are guitar and piano but I I was curious. I didn't know whether the obituary writing helped the writing lyrics, but you are a beautiful lyricist, so I I wanted to just throw that into the conversation now just to see where it takes us.
3: Well, you've hit the nail on the head because the whole thing that got me into working for the funeral home was the fact that I was the organist. That was my foot in the door a number of years back, and then the job sort of expanded over time. When they learned I could use a computer, my duties expanded, and then I eventually... Became a full fledged funeral director. But then at the same time, that was about six years ago, I got this sort of random invitation to be a backup singer for a country artist. And that's what set this musical path in action, too. But on the songwriting front, I'm so glad you mentioned obituaries because, you know, that process of having to condense someone's whole life story down into a couple of lines feels very much similar to trying to boil a story down into a few minutes of a song. I'm still working on that. The songs run a little long, you know, as a radio producer, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're, they're very much connected for me. And the fact that the first album is called other people's lives, you know, a lot of those stories were sort of collected from, the family drama and relationships that are the biggest part of what you do as
2: a funeral
1: director.
2: Right, exactly, because obviously it's you know telling that story of someone's life in the, the most respectful way and hopefully right. get people to feel closure is is obviously hugely important. I do want to talk about the country singer you didn't mention because I do love this guy. That oh, is, of course, Ryan Cook, who I <laughs> had the privilege of interviewing a few years ago. And, mm-hmm. and I, I know, I think you sung on, at least on a, a live version of Cult of Our Own, which is one of my favorite songs and lives on my iPhone every time I go for a walk. Uh,
3: oh, incredible. Yeah, we uh, tied a bow on that song. Ryan arrived at uh, my house with a, a number of unfinished tunes ready to head into the studio. And we sat at the kitchen table and, and tied a bow on that track in particular. So that in part, you know, I owe, I owe Ryan a lot for introducing me to the world of performing music and giving me a chance uh, with my own songs as well. But I learned a lot about songwriting just from that process of finishing those tunes alongside him,
2: upstairs at the kitchen table. (laughs) And I think you met actually at Kemp Shore, right?
3: That's right, yeah. My my aunt Patty and her partner Mark run the Kemp Shore Music Festival here in Nova Scotia. And my daughter ran an ice cream stand there and I was hired on as a scooper and would get to meet all of the musicians as they were coming off stage. And that's how Ryan and I met. We struck up a fast friendship and he was recruiting female singers for a project called Ryan Cook and the Valley Singers and put out the ask to me and asked me if I was a backup singer by any chance. And I said, of course I am. Why would you question it? And, <laughs> and that you know, one uh, little bit of a white lie, set this whole process in motion. And then after that, you know, I started writing my own songs, and it has been the most joyous chapter of my life.
2: (laughs) You know, you gave me goosebumps when you mentioned Kemp Shaw, because we are living in these strange COVID times when unfortunately, no festivals happen this year, we keep our fingers crossed that everything happens next year. But I The whole idea of, you know, coming off stage, oh yeah, grab an ice cream, it takes me back to some wonderful days that hopefully we will get back to. Let's talk about Chasing Rabbits, because I want to talk about that first song, which I described as absolutely magical, and it really is. I mean, it's, I know Mm -hmm. other people have described it as being cinematic, and uh, even just reading the lyrics of that song is wonderful. It's a fabulous song. I love the whole story of recording it with the Bella String Quartet. Tell us how it all started, though, because it's a, it's a fascinating introduction to you, although this is on the second album.
3: Sure. So that song came about because I was invited to take part in a concert uh, that had uh, Cities as its theme. It was called City Diddies, uh, hosted by a local theater company. And I hadn't at that point spent very much time in cities anywhere at all. So um, I needed to come up with something fast. And drew back on those days when I first left home and moved to Halifax to go to King's College. All of those details that you hear in the song, all the tumultuous turns in those relationships, that's all unfortunately true. (laughs) And uh, what is surprising to me is that a song that's so personal and the details are so specific that people still connect with it anyhow. And the song went well at the concert, so I thought it would be fun to document it in some way. And I reached out to Anna Wedlock from Bella Strings and asked her about writing a string arrangement to go along with it. And she just floored me with what she turned in. And we met at Sonic Temple Studio. There's a video that you can see of the night we got together, recorded that song.
2: Absolutely fabulous video. I just, yeah. it, it is really beautiful. I mean, it it's a six minute song. I think it's six minutes, isn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, I know some people say, oh, that's too long for the radio. It's. It's not for me. I Songs like that, you know, allow you really to, to grow with the artist. I mean, especially if it's somebody that you're, you're new to.
3: Well, I appreciate that. You have a, a good deal of patience. <laughs> and when we met at the studio, it was the first time we played through the song. The first time I'd met the other members of the string quartet. And something about the circumstances just came together. It was the first snowfall of the winter that night that we met at Sonic Temple. And it felt like being inside a snow globe. And everything was so dreamlike that I, I put a pin in the experience and said, I'm going to collect up some winter songs and come back and make a whole album. And that became Chasing Rabbit.
2: <laughs> so that was actually the lead into the whole album the, when you actually worked on that song.
3: Yeah, yeah, we recorded that near the end of 2018. And uh, then at that point, I started saving up <laughs> all the winter tunes, tucking them aside, hoping that I would get to go back to that studio and play that beloved piano again.
2: <laughs> well, when you actually look at the website for Sonic Temple, which we'll link to on the website, it is, looks very beautiful space to be able to play in and record.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I had planned back in February, uh, the stage was set for us all to go in and record this album collaboratively, you know, to meet and play with these musicians in that beautiful space. And then, obviously, circumstances changed, we were delayed in recording, and ended up bringing players in one or two at a time, and then stitching it all together, which was a different challenge for me as a producer, which is something I'm still learning how to do. But you know, recording all those bits and pieces and then praying at the end that it all makes sense. that was hugely rewarding for me.
2: So let's talk about songwriting. Your style has been described as intimate. What I love is the, you put on a Tara Spencer album and you, you know, you, you listen to such wonderful stories as songs. And obviously that's a huge part of the, the folk tradition. Can you talk a little bit about how you write a song? I mean, it, Are you a lyricist first and then uh, you work on a musical arrangement to go with it?
3: Well, the story is paramount for me, you know, in the songs that I hold dearest. I know a lot of people, even in my own family, there are people who get drawn in by the hook or the feel, the rhythm of a song. But for me, it's got to be the story first. And that's usually how I, I end up writing. You know, that's where the song will come from first is an idea that gets sort of spelled out in the lyrics, and then I find the music that will go along with it. So uh, what's been fun to discover, I mean, I never thought of myself as a songwriter. Uh, I've always held them up on a pedestal, and it has been a great joy for me to unlock this way of packaging up an experience, whether it's from my own life or a, you know, a fictional story or one that I've been given from someone else.
2: I'd like to go back to the album and play another song. And, and interestingly, it's another song that has a beautiful video, and that is Lunenburg Moon. I mean, Lunenburg, just an absolutely fabulous place. When I watch the video and you're playing with Sarah Frank and Luke Fraser from the Bombadils, and you, there's, you know, different parts of Lunenburg shown in the video, it just takes me back to a wonderful vacation I had there a few years ago, and I can't wait to go back, but... Uh, It's just an absolutely gorgeous song. Tell us a little bit about writing this one.
3: The video, a lot of the places that you see, those are the places um, that the song describes, the actual ones, including the church where (laughs) most of the video is set. That's because of a concert that I played there back in 2017, I'll say, with Ryan Cook and a great guitar player that's based in Toronto named Mike T. Kerr, who is a dear mutual friend We played a show together in St. John's Anglican Church in Lunenburg that you see in the video. And the whole night, you know, from the concert, from the dinner we had before the show to the bed and breakfast that you see in the video, that's where we were billeted for the night. Everywhere there were couples out on a date or out for a romantic evening. And then, you know, we retired after the show, went back to the bed and breakfast and everything was set up in this very romantic fashion. And here we were, three stray dogs, you know, in Lunenburg, not having a very romantic night at all. But the stage was set so beautifully for this romantic scene that it was kind of like wishing the story into existence, I guess. You know, there's something about, I would say, the best time to write a song about a sandwich isn't while you're eating a sandwich, it's when you're really hungry for a sandwich. So maybe I was just really yearning for that romance while I was there <laughs> that year.
2: So... Getting back to what you just said, does that mean that if you were starting to work on a new song, could that be the inspiration? I mean, sitting in a diner or something, eating a sandwich might suddenly lead off into a new song?
3: Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, this might be branching off a bit, but the whole title of the record, which we can talk about in a bit, but that's a reference to the fact that songwriting for me is a great distraction. I almost always write when I should be doing other more practical things. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I think about people going on songwriting retreats and only having to focus on songs, and I'm terrified that I just be there with a blank page because for me, it's a place for my thoughts to go when there's something more important I should be focused on at hand. So absolutely, inspiration can come from anywhere at the most inopportune
1: time. (laughs)
2: Let's listen to that song just now This is Tara Spencer with Lunenberg Moon From our absolutely wonderful new album It's entitled Chasing Rabbits You're listening to Folk Roots Radio And I'm Jan Hall The church glowing
0: golden I remember your smile And the echo of footsteps As we met in the aisle And the music was gentle But it lifted us high It was just an old folk song but it still made me cry. We went to a party with some friends down the street. The wine kept on flowing as we followed our feet. To a house on the hillside. While the town was asleep Every step on the staircase Had a secret to keep All the words I remember And I remember the two At the end of September and here
1: and the blue. Moon
0: Your hand I was holding My heart skipping beats In the bed of a for its sheets and the room was so quiet just whispers and waves in the darkness we drifted to soul has sailed on, and the shore winds blow colder the longer
1: you're gone
0: and I wait by the window and I watch the snow fly
2: Tara Spencer with Lunenburg Moon from her new album. It's entitled Chasing Rabbits. Tara Spencer's our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. She's at home in Nova Scotia. We're in Leamington, Ontario, chatting about this album that really is a joy to listen to. And, and it, it is a real grower. One of the things I love is the way she has done on In the City, the first song that we played in this interview. And then "Lunenburg Moon is just tell these wonderful stories. One of the things that always fascinates me about making music, though, at these t- in these COVID times is the challenges of doing that. Because you have some wonderful players on this album. We've already mentioned the Bella String Quartet. Uh, you had Sarah and Luke from the Bombadils on the album as well. Tell us how all of that side of things came together.
3: <laughs> well, this uh, album has been a little while in the planning. I spent a good deal of time you know choosing the songs pretty carefully uh, to fit this wintry theme and the other themes of the album but i also just made an a list of people that if i had my pick who would i want to work with here in the province and the funny thing is maybe i hate to say the silver lining but the fact that people were not out touring they weren't away working meant that I got to bring in exactly those players that I had put on my A-list. So, yeah, the Bombadils, Bella String Quartet, Jordi Comstock, a brilliant percussionist, Adam Fine. There are some 18 people that end up playing and having a part on this record. And it was really, in part, like I say, the, the COVID circumstances, unfortunately, meant that the project could go in a weird way exactly how I <laughs> hoped it would, even to the point in the studio you know, there are a few little inspired bits as well. One point where Lil Thomas, who was the engineer for the whole album, I think on the last day, I twisted his arm and had him play guitar on one of the songs and brought my family in to sing some harmonies on one of the songs. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a very collaborative project compared to the first album, which was really uh, just two of us working on it. the The cast of characters expanded a great deal this time around.
2: Would that be one of those things, you know, we I've been talking a lot on the radio recently about the fact that, you know, you know, COVID-19 has obviously turned our lives upside down. And, you know, there's been a, certainly a lot of tragedy, people losing loved ones people struggling through business, losing their jobs and everything else. But there's also been these little rays of light where, you know, people have realized that, you know, I've got more time. Hey, I should do something I really love to do, whether that's making music or writing or painting or, you know, crafts of of any sort, you know, working on projects and suddenly discovering parts of themselves that maybe they'd forgotten about. Do you see any rays of light in these times for you? I mean, it sounds like that you actually, at the end of the day, were quite pleased about the way that the album came together. Pleased
3: with the album, for sure. And, you know, there were other sort of side perks. Having my family at home, like, you know, the themes that run through this record, ironically, talk about, you know, the distance between, in a lot of cases, whether it's, you know, a lover, or you you and your family, or, you and a wild animal (laughs) uh, talking about the distance between but the other things really are family and home and obviously that meaning of home and what it means to be home has a whole new context and for me you know even when it comes to little fun projects Like early on in March when it looked like we were going to be locked down and I thought it would be a a matter of two or three weeks. I said, Well, this'll be fun. Let's have a little show that we'll do every week here at our house. And we built a blanket fort and ran a little live stream show called Blanket Fort Tonight. Now I thought that would be two or three weeks and we made it through fifteen episodes (laughs) before the summertime came. So sometimes the best creative projects come because of obstruction something in the way that you you need to work your way around, that's when you can become a bit more innovative. And it's been a joy for me to see other musicians, you know, find new ways to create and connect with audiences, being able to do live streams, finding new ways to stay connected with people. That's what it's been about for me. And in terms of making Chasing Rabbits, you know, we approached things in a little bit different way, but uh, it felt very good at this point to have a finished project that hopefully now people can keep company
2: with through the long winter months. Well, you know, one of the things I loved about the album was the fact that you winter-themed this, but not necessarily holiday-themed this. Because, you know, as I, you know, obviously you probably recognize from my accent, I'm not originally from Canada. Uh, And, you know, I remember when I first moved to Montreal, how shocked I was about, you know, winter in June. (laughs) You know, it was like, what, it goes on this long? But, you know, the the winter is such a special time of the year. And, you know, as the longer you stay here, the more you realize that.
3: It's special and lengthy. When Ryan and I were touring in the UK last year, we would find ourselves explaining over and over just what a force winter is here in Canada. Ryan has a great joke that, says, you know, Canada has two seasons, winter and bugs. And I think that's fairly accurate, you know, because the winter when it's Christmas time, we're only just getting started. Like that's just the the ramp up to winter, but we've got months and months ahead. So um, no, I didn't want to make a holiday record. I wanted something that would last for the long haul (laughs) through winter time.
2: You titled the album Chasing Rabbits for one of your dogs, which I gather you have two, I think what, Cleo and Giddy, is that right?
3: Cleo and Giddy, yes. They're my songwriting partners. I owe them all the credit for for songwriting because a lot of those ideas come while I'm walking them each day through the woods or through town. And Cleo in particular, she's she's curled up on the floor right here, uh, she has a wanderlust. We really have to watch her and keep her restrained. And that's in part where that idea of chasing rabbits, you know, knowing that there's something that's always pulling her interest and driving her forward. That's one reason it's called Chasing Rabbits. And then, like I said, it's also a pet term for me describing uh, that distraction in myself when a song arrives.
2: I love the first line of the song because, full disclosure, uh, I used yes. to be a veterinarian, a veterinary professor, actually. The first line of the song is, when Cleo was a puppy, she got sick and nearly died. And it's like, Whoa not a line you hear in too many songs. I mean, unless it's a good old country song and (laughs) you're talking about people dying. But I love the way that you tie these two stories together, you know, talking about, you know, the impact on, on Cleo and going through, obviously, what was a dangerous time for her, but then also reflecting on the chasing rabbits as a metaphor in your own life.
3: Sometimes our pets can reflect our own state of mind back to us. I'll see that in Cleo, you know, the fact that she is so unsettled a lot of the time. And we've never been sure whether or not to attribute that to her rough start in life, but yeah, she did. She was very sick with parvovirus when she was a puppy and spent a week in the care of a veterinarian. So I'm so glad you brought that up about yourself because we still go back every year and visit that same vet's office and Cleo just showers them with gratitude and kisses. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah. No, there is there is something about Cleo. You can can just tell that wheels are turning in her head all the time. And I feel that way, too, sometimes.
2: Animals that share our lives with us are certainly very important family members. So it was rather touching that you chose to to write a song about Cleo. And I'm expecting a song about Giddy on the next album.
3: That's a very fair expectation. (laughs) You've got my number there. And my son likes to point out that the cat never gets mentioned. No credit whatsoever for the cat. So (laughs) I guess that's good motivation to keep writing songs and eventually be inclusive to everyone in the household.
2: This is Tara Spencer with Chasing Rabbits, the title track from her wonderful new album. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. (laughs)
0: When Cleo was a puppy, she got sick and nearly died. And the vet suspects it left her with some damage deep inside. She can't handle freedom in the woods or on the beach. We know that she'll go running, so we keep her on a leash, Ooh. deep down i know cleo is an awful lot like me we tend to hide our troubles places people never see she's a slave to being anxious i'm a slave to my bad habits when i should be busy working i'm distracted chasing rabbits My dreams, I try to catch them Though they wake me up at night When I think of all the music And the songs I didn't write Well, I only held myself back No, I can't blame anyone And every morning I make a Cleo Sit and walk instead of run
2: Spencer with Chasing Rabbits is the title track from her new album, which has just come out. A fabulous record. I just love the way that she tells such great stories. And you know, having had a chance to, to check out Tara Live, actually it was live at the Carlton during these COVID times, but it was a, an interview as well as playing a few songs. But one of the things that really comes through is what a great songwriter this person is. And I really want to check her out at a festival because I just imagine that's going to be a wonderful thing. Tara Spencer is our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. I want to steer the conversation to live because you're obviously quite comfortable playing live, and you know, I guess again going back to your day job, the fact that you know you're in these situations when you need to be ready for for everything because it can be a very emotional time for people. You have to be very adaptable and. That really comes through, but can you talk a little bit about the live experience? Um, my sense is you really enjoy it. Is that true?
3: I love playing live, and I think it comes because I've been a fan of music for so long—much longer than I've been a performer. You know, nothing brings me to tears so quickly as being in that moment of a song being performed by its writer, and that very intimate connection gives me goosebumps to have had the experience to be on the other side of that conversation, where you're unraveling a story, whether it's your own or, or one about someone else. You brought up festivals at the Deep Roots Music Festival. They were one of the first folks to book me when I started playing solo almost three years ago. And being in that room, you know, there were maybe 500 people in this theater where you could really just hear a pin drop and that feeling of everyone just kind of leaning in a bit like you were just having a conversation the way that we are right now. And I will never forget that first taste of what that, what that intimacy felt like. So I absolutely love performing live, You know, telling stories as well as singing them. Some of my favorite songwriters will talk for 15 minutes. David Francie in Ontario, who is a great hero of mine, has legendary storytelling bits in between his songs. I was lucky that I got to play live outdoors here in Nova Scotia through the summer quite a bit more than I expected to but uh, now that the days are getting dark earlier and the the temperatures are dropping I'm hoping that we can hang on to our status in Nova Scotia in terms of COVID and that live shows can happen again soon because it's so precious.
2: Next year do you envisage I mean it Festivals, maybe getting out on tour, you know, coming to Ontario, you know, exploring Western Canada.
3: I would love to come back to Ontario. I spent February of 2019 touring Ontario with Ryan Cook. I don't know if February is the ideal <laughs> month to spend in Ontario. <laughs> uh, not to say I wouldn't do it again, but I would love to retrace those steps. Um, I have a good number of musical heroes who live in the province. There's nothing like a music festival. You know, concerts are great, but that real sense of community at a festival and getting to, you know, meet your other musical heroes and just the energy of it, that's what I think my fingers are crossed hardest for, for 2021, is that even here in Nova Scotia, that the festivals will get to come back to life in an in-person way.
2: We certainly hope that that definitely will be the case what does the future bring? You know, you write so well. I, I do wonder, do you write, you know, literature as well as write songs? I mean, is that something that you may do as well as music in the future? Because I could certainly see you could because your, your lyrics are very engaging.
3: Oh, thank you. Uh, look, I'll never say never. Had you asked me 10 years ago, if I'd be writing songs, I would have laughed at you. (laughs) So, um, I'm not sure, I'm still so sold on songwriting. I I kind of made myself cool it for a little bit while I was working on this album and putting it together and made sure that was my focus. But the itch is absolutely there. I'm I'm hopeful that I'll get to do some co writing even at a distance this way over the next stretch still working on a bit of a backlog of songs to uh, figure out where they will find their permanent homes. So there will be other projects ahead. It is like being possessed when, <laughs> when a song hits, I will drop whatever it is. I've definitely abandoned a sinkload load of dishes more than <laughs> once or twice to get out another song. That's what's got my heart right now.
2: I love what you've been doing so far. And I certainly look forward to, to getting new music from Tara Spencer. If you want to learn more about Terras music, head to terraspencer.ca. And obviously, you can check out social media as well. Maybe there may be more blanket forts or something slightly different in the future that will be on Facebook. So, definitely mm-hmm. follow her on Facebook to find out what else is going to happen. We've got one more song we're going to try and squeeze in. We're going to play Melt from the album, which is another. This one feels very much... Um, wintry song definitely and it's a little bit of a holiday song as well tell us a little bit about this one
3: so the first album that I wrote had a lot of heartache in it and I called it other people's lives on purpose because I didn't want people to think that my marriage was on the rocks it it isn't (laughs) Um, but there was something about that those long days And long nights in winter. You know, the days are short, but the hours are very long. And I wanted to pick up a little bit of that sense of longing, maybe, in this first song to bridge the gap between the two. And that song really makes me think of that kind of melancholy sound of, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas with the horns and Oh, you just have that sense of everything taking longer than you wish it did. And that made it a great choice to to kick off the album. I was so thrilled to have horns on this album. Uh, the French horn you hear is my daughter, Sarah, playing with her, her band teacher on the trumpet. So that was a pretty special bit too. Yeah, just that, that sound in the studio of, of being inside a snow globe and time just slowing down. That's what I wanted to capture with this one.
2: It's a beautiful way to finish this interview. This is Tara Spencer with Melt from her wonderful album, Chasing Rabbits. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm John Hall. And Tara, thanks for spending the time with us today.
3: Absolutely my pleasure. Stay cozy and safe out there. <laughs>
0: the snow's piling high The street light goes dark The afterglow omen of a disappeared spark The snowflakes are memories too heavy to lift With no will to move them I let my mind drift and each snowflake Reminds me how warm your love felt And I watch them as they fall down And wait for them to melt The summer was heaven is long and now we've lost the power to fix what went wrong your name spelled in footprints the snowflakes erase they turn into teardrops that freeze on my face and each snowflake i yeah. I pray that the sunshine will take every trace of